Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, uncertainty continues to loom over the territory's rum cover over tax extension. The Virgin Islands Energy Office launches a program to help reduce utility costs for Virgin Islanders. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley stumps to Virgin Islanders once again ahead of Thursday's caucus. These stories and more on today's WTJX Newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. All public schools across the territory were closed today, the decision coming in response to adverse weather conditions that included strong winds and heavy rain. We spoke with Virgin Islands Territorial Emergency Management Agency's director, Daryl Joshin, who at the time was still on the road doing assessments on the weather's impact across the territory. Looking at the island of St. Thomas and St. John first, you know, there were some strong winds and some rains that came through. You know, down by the waterfront, you, you had a lot of, you know, winds that were driving some of the rain in, in there and having both police and public works out there was very important to control the traffic out there. Um, there was some fog on St. Thomas, specifically up in the highlands, we'll call it the Bordeaux area, which made driving very, very difficult slash dangerous, I would say. Luckily, we did not have any the mudslides or anything that was coming down because last night for both districts, it was really just, you know, absorbing up a lot of the, the rain coming down. Now things have changed now because uh, we're basically very saturated in the ground. So we've seen a lot more flooding happening today um, and we'll continue to see that. But I think, you know, tonight, just like last night, we're going to have more rain. We're going to have the fog on, on St. Thomas, even on St. Croix, I think in the higher elevations, um, so we did have uh, some power outages on St. Thomas, uh, in fact, a little bit on St. John also. And I think specifically our water island um, had a uh, power outage that Water Power Authority had to address this morning. Uh, I know we had some impacts upon the uh, inner island air transport going back and forth between St. Thomas and St. Croix. Um, they've also adjusted some of the ferry traffic going back and forth between St. Thomas and St. John. But the ferries are running, so that, that's a good news story. Um, over on St. Croix, you know, again, watching the, the weather conditions, watching the, the rain coming down, being under flash flood warning, always you have to be very, very careful. That's why you're talking about slowing down. This morning at 5 o'clock, we met with the National Weather Service online, uh, the cabinet, Governor Bryan, policy advisors, administrators, and we made the decision with, um, obviously, uh, education involved at the house school today. I think it's a very good choice because... Um, the buses, limited visibility, the children being out, the terrible weather conditions um, to stay home. So that was a good choice. Uh, we're going to continue to see rain today on both St. Thomas and, and St. Croix and St. John and, and Water Island. Um, the wind's going to accompany this. It's going to come in bands. We're seeing some strong bands here on St. Croix right now. They're going to come through. Uh, but I think the biggest concern is we have is just slow down uh, on the roads. Really don't go out if you don't have to go out. Um, do the shopping tomorrow. This will start easing up tomorrow, being Thursday morning. Um, but this is part of a system that's come through. It's actually coming from the south, which is very different. But it's going through Puerto Rico. It's coming in rain bands. It's going to be strong. Uh, the maritime side, the swells are, are coming through here. Uh, we've seen uh, seas 8 to 10 feet right now, uh, which is not good. 
but still the, the ports are open, which is good. The airports are open also, which is good. And we're having good coordination both with the uh, Water Power Authority, you know, ITEMA, working with BI Fire, EMS. Um, if individuals are, if you're stuck out there or something does happen, please call 911. I'll come help and support you. But do not go through, you know, standing water or, or water. You know how deep it is. If the water is moving, it does not take much uh, water to basically move your, your vehicle off the road to make you become a, a victim also. So please use some uh, uh, awareness when you do go out in, in the community out today. Director Joshin says alerts will continue to go out through Alert VI. Uh, look at our Facebook page. Look at the websites also to keep you informed. If you've not signed up for Alert VI, please visit the Vitima website at vitima.vi.gov. And you can sign up to get messages in English or Spanish. You can get phone calls, text messages, uh, or emails. And that's the quick update from Vitima. Thank you. While ports remained open, the Virgin Islands Port Authority announced earlier that American Airlines reported flight cancellations to the territory due to the inclement weather conditions. Travelers are being advised to contact their respective airlines directly for flight information and any rescheduling. The Virgin Islands Police Department has also postponed a scheduled community meeting on St. John that was planned for this evening. The 6 p.m. meeting will occur at a tentative later date, And for more information, call Captain Sandra Colburn at 340-244-6539 or VIPD Public Relations Office at 340-514-8006. Uncertainty continues on the rum cover over excise tax. The federal tax extender is critical to achieving solvency for the government employees' retirement system. In 1999, Congress passed legislation to temporarily increase the rebate from $10.50 to $13.25. The decision to keep the rate at $13.25 remains in the hands of lawmakers in Washington, who Governor Albert Bryan Jr. says does have bipartisan support. No one's really against it. The Republicans and the Democrats generally agree that this is something that needs to happen. Unfortunately, though, the latest development from Washington indicates that the upcoming budget bill before the U.S. Senate may not include any tax extenders. So it's not us waiting alone to get $1,350. There's a bunch of other states and corporation industries that get tax extenders that are waiting to get them, too. So they didn't include any of these. So including the much... Ours is the most important to us, of course, which is a rum cover over tax. Uh, And while it's not what we really hope for, I want to assure you that it does not mark the end of our efforts. Uh, Our administration, in collaboration with a really good and dedicated lobbying team in D.C., along with our key stakeholders, uh, Delegate Plaskett, we try to Puerto Rico, Governor Pierre Luisi, uh, Jennifer, uh, who is their delegate to Congress over there, a commissioner, we, we still actively engage with all of the people involved in this in Congress and in the Senate. Constant communication, working tirelessly alongside members of House, the Senate, all trying to get this included in our tax, uh, the tax proposal currently before. As I said before to many of you, you we, it can only be attached to a tax bill. So this is one of those rare occasions where we have a tax bill before the Senate now that we want to get it put on to. 
He says ensuring the increased rate has been a priority to not only boost the local economy, but ensure the retirement system's viability. And the governor says his administration has been assured by friends in Congress that it will happen, but it's a matter of when. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley addressed issues concerning the territory's residents while making her second virtual pitch for votes ahead of the Virgin Islands caucus. After her five-minute speech, Haley answered submitted questions, included one from Republican National Committeeman John Clendenin, a U.S. Marine for 38 years, who told Haley he lost his right to vote for president when he returned home to St. Croix. He wanted to know where Haley stood on the territory's right to vote for president. I want um, you know those in the territories to have equality, just like you know every other American. I think when it comes to statehood or comes to voting, we have to look at that. I'd be willing to sit down and talk about it. I don't know that I'm willing to say, yes, we need to do that because we have to look at all the other territories that are involved and what that means. But I do think, you know, it's it's good that you now have this caucus and you're able to do that. But I think it's worth us sitting down and talking about how we would go forward with something like that. But I don't know that I can commit to that today. An attendee wanted to know how the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency would differ under her administration wanting to know her focus on energy independence, as well as work to help the St. Croix refinery restart, stating that current EPA policies under President Joe Biden have hindered that. The first thing is stop demonizing producers and partner with them. You know, I will tell you that there were two things at the United Nations that Russia, China, and Iran never wanted us to have. They never wanted us to have a strong military, and they never wanted us to be energy independent. We won't just be energy independent. We should be energy dominant. We need to move the EPA out of the way. Right now, they care more about sagebrush lizards than they do about whether any of us can afford our utility bill. We need to speed up the permitting process. We need to get our pipelines moving, including the Keystone Pipeline. We need to export as much liquefied natural gas as we can. We need to do nuclear. We need to do all of the above. No more going hat in hand to Saudi Arabia. No more dirty oil from Iran or Venezuela. Let's not just do enough to sustain us. Let's turn our energy sector into an economic powerhouse. When we do that, that's how we pay down debt. That's how we grow our economy. That's how we get more people jobs. It's a winner for us, but it will only happen if we partner with our energy producers and stop demonizing them. So I think it's an opportunity waiting to happen. And I think it's something that if we're bullish on it, we're going to see that we do very well. The Virgin Islands Energy Office recently launched the Weatherization Assistance Program. Governor Albert Bryan Jr. shared details about the initiative that's aimed at improving energy efficiency across the Virgin Islands. This is aimed at reducing energy costs for low-income families, particularly for the elderly, uh, people with disabilities, and families with children under the age of five by improving the energy efficiency of their homes. Now, through these types of weatherization improvements and upgrades, these households can save an average of $372 or more each year, according to a national evaluation of the program. Residents are being encouraged to apply to determine their qualifications. Now, if you need more information on this, you need to visit the Energy uh, Department's website at energy.bi.gov, energy.bi.gov, or call 713 8436 in St. Croix and 714-8436 on the island of St. Thomas and St. John District. 
proposed legislation to create a scholarship program to support individuals interested in pursuing a career in the maritime industry in the Virgin Islands received overwhelming support by lawmakers. The bill's sponsor, Senator Angel Bolquez, says the motivation behind the legislation was to invest in the marine industry, what he calls the territory's second largest industry behind its people. We need to actually have more of our people on the water. Um, and I believe that it's an opportunity for us to um, support a wide range of, of um, careers and economic activities, such as shipping, tourism, fishing, recreation. He says during his time on the Board of Education, he and colleagues frequently discussed the scholarships available to students, and missing from that list was one in the maritime industry. Chairperson for the Board of Education, Dr. Kaiser Callwood, said the maritime industry plays a crucial role in the economic development of the Virgin Islands. Port Captain Jill Hughes from World Ocean School provided testimony on the need for local maritime personnel. Currently, the majority of our vessel's crew joins us from the mainland U.S. Given, however, that for over a third of the year, our operations are based in St. Croix, it would be great it would be of great value to us to have adequately trained mariners from the USVI among our crew. It would enrich our operations and build stronger relationships in the community. Finance Chair Senator Donna Fred Gregory, who has garnered somewhat of a reputation for being frugal with appropriations, supported the measure, asking what took us so long. We know what the blue economy means to us. We heard it and we see it um, when we look at our revenues. Um, that's how we build our budgets. The blue economy supports the territory tremendously. The bill will undergo several amendments before being brought to the floor at the next legislative session. But Senator Bulquez says he learned a lot from the hearings testifiers and hopes the information shared will help to craft future legislation from him and colleagues. We are not capitalizing on it. And if we want to really talk seriously about this Vision 2040 plan and the things that are inside of it, we need to assure that we put the proper measures in place or scholarships or opportunities for individuals to opt in so that we can actually see that vision come to a reality. Local dignitaries join the public to celebrate the grand opening of the Hideaway Farm. The farm is located at Hull Bay on the north side of St. Thomas, and it's a part of an agritourism business that some see as a model for future tourism in the Virgin Islands. But as Isabel Tear reports, others see it as an end of an era for the locals who come to the bay for refuge. Walking through the winding paths of the hideaway farm, Risa Richards was in awe of her surroundings. I mean, this is a, a fascinating array of foliage, vegetation, Horticulture. Richards is the deputy commissioner of the Virgin Islands Department of Agriculture. And last week, she toured the hideaway farm during their grand opening. She says they're doing something unique. The variety of indigenous plants. Uh, you know, our hurricanes have really done a lot of destruction to the territory, to the islands. And people are not taking the time to replace a lot of these plants that have been indigenous to the territory. But it isn't just the variety that makes this farm unique. The farm itself is part of a five-acre private estate called the Hideaway at Hull Bay, 
And while the farm sits on about two of those acres, the other space is dedicated to luxury lodging and a bar and restaurant that are open to the public. When paired all together, the result is an agritourism business that many feel could serve as a model for future endeavors in the Virgin Islands. One of those people is Agriculture Commissioner Lewis Peterson. Most of our farmers in the territory have very small acreages. And the idea then is how can we use our small acreage or small footprint to get the best return on it. One of those ways is to add value to whatever crops you produce. That's being done here right now. Peterson is referring to the display of food and drinks, many of which incorporate harvests directly from the farm. I'm seeing them producing teas and beverages and other pastries out of the products that they produce, as well as having a place where people can stay on your site. So that kind of thinking, I think, is really going to be the way forward here in the territory. And he isn't alone in his thinking. Senator Marvin Blyden also sees the agritourism model of the hideaway as a path forward. And I told the owner point blank, this is what we need in terms of our tourism product, some different, some that the guests can come and enjoy, come out of the room and get some fresh, a banana, a sugar apple, a cherry, what have you. But this is exactly what some Northside locals want to avoid. The beach has, for a long time, been the home of the Northside fishing community. And the hideaway has run into opposition from those who believe their barefoot luxury brand is changing the culture of the beach. One Northside resident I spoke with said that Hull Bay used to be a really local beach, the heart of her community. And she says she's scared that they're getting pushed out. But for Lee Steiner, the owner of the hideaway, this endeavor is a way of preserving the legacy of the bay, not erasing it. This valley has a history of agriculture, and uh, we're just continuing that history of agriculture. And I think a lot of the pushback is based on things that are not accurate about what is actually happening here. Um, and I encourage anybody uh, who's interested in what's going on to come and see for themselves, and they can make their own decision based on what's actually going on. This tension is representative of a larger issue faced by the Virgin Islands, of whether local sanctuaries can survive in a tourism economy. Senator Blyden, for one, thinks they can. I believe they can coexist. So I believe that um, in time, in time, uh, they will learn, they will grow to appreciate what this can do for us at the territory. And I look forward to other developments like this one, where we can offer some different, you know, something unique. And we can actually um, basically show our culture in a different way. Valentina Sanchez, the woman wanted in connection to a shooting on January 31st on St. Croix, is now in police custody. Earlier today, the 911 emergency call center received a call stating that Sanchez requested to turn herself in. Officers made contact with Sanchez in the vicinity of Estee Princess, where she was detained and declined to give a statement. Sanchez has been charged with attempted murder in the first degree, assault in the first degree, reckless endangerment in the first, aiming and discharging, and carrying of firearms openly or concealed. Unable to post bail in the amount of $100,000, Ms. Sanchez was remanded to the John Bell Correctional Facility, pending her advice of rights hearing, that's scheduled for tomorrow. The St. Croix Educational Complex High School Cheerleading Team traveled to Orlando today to compete in the World High School Cheerleading Competition. We spoke with Dr. Dana Philogen-Victor, head chair coach 
who says the team will perform on two separate days at the ESPN Center in Walt Disney World. Oh, the girls have been working extremely hard. Uh, we've been training from about May of last year. We started working on like conditioning and strengthening because none of them have done anything of this caliber before. So it took a lot of mental um, mental strength as well because you know we practice like continuously daily for like about two to three hours per day. And at first it was very uh, frustrating for them because, you know, it's new to them and their body isn't used to this rigorous training. But eventually uh, they became a little bit more comfortable and their bodies kind of adjusted. There are seven high schools competing in the small varsity non-tumbling division, including teams from Jamaica, Canada, and the United States. Their first performance will be an exhibition, and the second performance, their actual competition, is slated for Sunday, February 11th. We took a lot of strength training, conditioning, and then we had to learn the techniques of how to stunt and um, how to cheer, traditional cheer, because down here we more so do like stomp and shake, but we're going to like a traditional cheer competition. The competition can be viewed live on Varsity TV for a fee, and they will make history as the first from the territory to compete at the World High School Cheerleading Competition. We kind of brought a little bit of flavor to our chair, so we added a little bit of a stomp and shake, which is like stepping and cheering, and then we broke out into the traditional chair, like L-E-T-S-G-O, let's go Barras. In more news, we're turning now to our regional report. Coast Guard Cutters Vigilant and Richard Dixon rescued two boaters from a disabled vessel. We spoke with Public Affairs Officer for U.S. Coast Guard Sector San Juan, Ricardo Castradad, who gave us details of the rescue. Coast Guard Cutter Vigilant, which is a medium endurance cutter that was on patrol in the Caribbean, came into a situation which started uh, with the crew sighting two red flares had been launched from a sailing vessel, followed by a, uh, another flare, which was a smoke signaling flare, which ended up being launched from the sailing vessel Orion. The cutter vigilant, you know, this this was occurring uh, when the sighting occurred approximately 147 miles south of Puerto Rico at the time. So the Coast Guard cutter vigilant and the crew respond to, to this uh, distress signaling and end up uh, uh, coming up to the sailing vessel Orion, which appeared to be disabled. Um, the the vessel had a torn sail, and uh, the crew of the vigilant was able to go on board with the boaters, which were two French citizens, a 77-year-old and a 50-year-old, uh, who had reportedly been disabled for a couple of days, at least over seven days, uh, at sea. Um, upon uh, looking as to what was happening uh, with the vessel's engine, uh, they, they weren't able to, to fix that problem and get the vessel uh, underway again. And mechanically, uh, they, the vessel couldn't be sailed. So um, as this all is going on, Coast Guard watchstanders at Sector San Juan also divert the Coast Guard cutter Richard Dixon. Uh, which is one of the cutters that is home ported in San Juan, Puerto Rico, to assist uh, with with the situation. Eventually, um, the boaters are embarked aboard the Richard Dixon, and they're transported to Martinique, uh, to where they were assisted by local authorities. One of the boaters 
was showing signs of uh, dehydration, and the other one appeared to be in good health at the time they were transferred to authorities in Martinique. In more updates, we're turning now to our meteorologist for the territory's weather forecast. Here's the latest look at the short-term forecast for the Virgin Islands. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We'll find periods of rain continuing this afternoon. The flood watch also continues as well. Temperatures will reach the lower 80s at St. Croix. Winds from the south and then to the west at 15 to 20 miles per hour, gusts close to 25. At St. Thomas and St. John, similar story, highs near 80. Winds from the southwest and then pivoting to the west at 15 to 20 with gusts to 25. Tonight, showers and even some thunderstorms continue early. Lows will fall back to near 70 at St. Croix. Winds from the west at 10 to 15 with gusts to 20. At St. Thomas and St. John, showers and thunderstorms are expected, especially early. Lows back in the lower 70s. Winds from the west at 10 to 15 miles per hour. Gusts close to 20. And Thursday features more showers, though the rain is not as heavy area-wide. Highs reach the lower 80s at St. Croix. Winds from the northwest at 10 to 15 miles per hour. And at St. Thomas and St. John, we'll find highs also in the lower 80s. Showers, especially early, though the rain is not heavy. Sunshine will finally emerge as we go into the start of Friday. That's the latest look at the short-term forecast. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We are at the end of today's WTJX newsfeed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. And if you haven't already, be sure to download the WTJX app. If you missed a part of our news, you can listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts.